I want you to imagine that you're a pilot. An airline pilot has a multifaceted job. He or she needs to make a flight plan, get and keep the plane in the air, navigate to the desired destination along a predetermined flight path, and yet still be able to adapt to unexpected weather or other challenges. And finally, you as a pilot, you need to remain in communication with your crew, your passengers, and the other aircraft around. So to successfully accomplish this, no pilot would ever, ever leave the ground without a core set of instruments and gauges to feed him or her the critical information needed to keep that plane and the people aboard safe. Here's the thing. When I said imagine you're a pilot, you're probably already a pilot. Because nonprofits, social enterprises, businesses, they are like flying. We have to get our idea up off the ground. We have to guide it forward toward our desired goals while following our strategic plans and adapting when unexpected storms like COVID show up. We have to keep the people that depend on our organization, our employees, our families, our clients, ourselves, safe and cared for. And yet how many of us have put ourselves into the air without a dashboard of key data points to help us? So today, I want to use my podcast to share a presentation that I put together about a framework that can help you think about the essential pieces of information that you need in order to keep your organization functional, in the air, and safe. This framework works whether you are a nonprofit, whether you are a social enterprise, whether you are a for-profit business, it actually doesn't really matter. The point is there are certain things that we need to do in order to get our plane up and stay in the air and get to where we are going. So I hope that you can follow along with this. There um, is a worksheet that you can download and fill out for yourself. I will include the link to that worksheet in the show notes. If you're on the website, it'll be on the show page. If you're looking on your podcast, just in the description of this podcast, you'll find the links to download that worksheet if you'd like to follow along. But feel free to just listen the first time, learn about this framework, and then come back and fill in that spreadsheet. Or you can tackle it all at the same time. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Heart, Soul, and Data, the podcast where we explore the human side of analytics to amplify the impact of nonprofits and social enterprises. With me, your host, Alexandra Mannerings. I picked the flying metaphor in part because I think it fits very well with what we're trying to do when we run our organizations, but also because flying is very personal for me. I, my grandfather was a pilot. My uncles are pilots. My brother is a pilot. My son someday may be a pilot because he is fascinated with them. Uh, and we just found out that his great-grandfather uh, on my husband's side actually flew bombers for World War II. So... I hope you'll bear with me with my little flight metaphor through this because I think it helps break down what can be an overwhelming concept into a fairly simple framework. In fact, that's why I have made an acronym to help us through the five steps of this framework. And that acronym is, unsurprisingly, PLANE. P-L-A-N-E. These are the most important things to get your organization's data in order. So we're going to focus on the things that matter most, and we are going to let go of the parts we don't need to worry about right now. And we'll walk through each of these steps one by one. So the first three steps are all about the data you actually need. 
while the last two are about how to use and maintain your data in order to get the value and benefit from all of this work. So step one, P is plan. Where are you actually trying to get to? Why does your organization exist? How do you know if you're on course or wildly off course? Two, L for liftoff. Once you have a destination, you need to get and stay in the air. Liftoff metrics are all about the core functioning and status of your organization. Step three, A, aviate. Unfortunately, there's usually no autopilot setting for our organizations. So aviate metrics are about monitoring your engine and making adjustments to your flaps to keep your flight stable and on course. Step four, N, navigate. Navigate is about how to apply the incoming information that we've set up in those first three steps to make adjustments to our course to make sure that we still end up where we are trying to get to. Step five, E, evolve. It's all about staying power. This is about using and changing your data to maximize the success of your flight. You might think this whole plane thing is a little bit kooky right now, but trust me, we're going to get there. And please also remember, this is something you are not going to finish today. You may not even totally feel comfortable yet with it today. This is probably a big step for many of you. You can listen to this episode as many times as you want. You've got your worksheet that you can work through. So please don't worry if it all doesn't come together today. It's just to start this conversation and you can come back to it. After all, we are wired for language, but not for data. Have some grace and learn this step by step. So now that we know where we are headed, let's really get into the meat of it. So my first question for you, how is your organization doing? Now, I understand that some of you listening may not be the executive director, or the CEO, the head of your organization. So you can either apply this to your team, to the area that you have control of in your organization, or you can think about how this could be applied to your entire organization. And maybe you can manage up or share this with the people who would actually be able to apply it. Or if you are the one in charge and you're able to make these decisions at an organizational level, awesome. Let's dive into that too. So if you're using the workbook, you can jot your answer um, in the blue section under that first section titled setup. If not, just think about it for a sec. You can even pause this and say, how is my organization doing? Now I want you to think about that answer. How much of that answer actually didn't really have anything to do with your actual organization's operations and instead had everything to do with your emotional state today, right? How you're feeling. If you're feeling stressed out, was your answer, oh, my organization's not doing that good because I'm super stressed about X, Y, and Z? Or have you answered that based on something that happened recently, right, in the near past, and that might be coloring the actual long-term success or struggles of your organization? And then finally, regardless of what you actually put down, how do you know the things that you said are true? Is it just a gut feel? Or do you have some evidence that could back up your assessment of your organization? Could you put a number to any of that? Are you actually measuring something in a way that a year from now you could look back and say, are you better or worse than where you are right now? Do you even really have a concept of, of how you're defining that we're doing good or doing badly? Again, if you're using the worksheet, go ahead and make a few no notes in that orange box about how you currently answered that question about how your organization is doing. Because here's the thing. If you were flying and you asked the pilot, 
hey, how close are we to our destination? How would you feel if the pilot said, I have no idea? Or worse, what if that pilot said, I couldn't tell you how close we are to our destination because I'm not even sure where we're trying to get to. You probably wouldn't even get on a plane if a pilot told you that. So you need to have a sense of where you are going. It's impossible to succeed as an organization if you aren't clear what success looks like. So step number one, before you do anything else with data, is figuring out where you are actually trying to get to. There is no one correct answer to this question. It is going to be driven by the reason that your organization exists, why you are doing what you're doing. So if you were, say, a healthcare nonprofit, your destination might be to transform the healthcare of the community that you're in. Or maybe it's more specific. Your goal is to make sure that no one dies from avoidable complications of diabetes. Or if you are a social enterprise committed to transforming our energy sector, maybe it's that you want to have zero emission energy for an entire area or entire sector. You're going to have a reason that you're in business and that you're doing what you're doing. If you're a for-profit organization, oftentimes it's easy because you default to having a profit, right? I want to earn X amount. And honestly, that's fine too. And as a nonprofit, one of your goals may also have to be a certain funding amount, right? I need X number of dollars to stay in business. So your destination should be why you're doing what you're doing. And then what would make you stop doing this work, right? So you're going to have to stay above water, whether you're for-profit or non-profit, right? So you might have a funding goal as well of I need this amount of money in order to stay in work, or I want to grow it to this amount of money so I can expand the impact that I'm having. So you can have more than one destination, unlike flying, but you really want to keep it to what's going to keep your organization functional, right? What's going to make you keep doing what you're doing and why do you exist? So if you've got that already figured out, you can write it on your worksheet. If you don't have it, don't worry, right? You can come back to this or you can just jot down your best guess and refine it later. Now, the thing is, is you need to stop and look at the things that you've written down. If any of the things that you've written down can't currently be measured in some kind of number, then you need to think about how you can translate that to a number. Now, I'm not saying that non-numeric things don't matter, but if we have to know if we're on course, there has to be a way of measuring it. So even if the thing you wrote down was, I do what I do because it makes me feel good, well, there's emotional surveys you can do. So you can actually capture with a daily or weekly or monthly survey, you know, how satisfied am I with the work that I'm doing? Or if you're trying to transform lives, you, can, you need to have a measure of knowing, did that transformation happen? Because if you can't measure it, how do you know you're doing it? So you can get very creative in how you capture this in a repeatable way, but you need to be able to capture it because if you can't, you won't know if you're getting there. All right, so hopefully by now you actually have a destination. So regardless of what your goal is, you are not going to be able to get your team or your organization there if you can't stay afloat. So we're going to need some secondary data points to make sure we can keep our plane in the air before we even try to get to our destination. 
From an aviation point of view, a plane stays in the air when its lift, or the force that pushes its, it up, overcomes the gravity that is pulling it down, right? How much more the lift is determines the plane's altitude, or how much less the lift is than gravity determines how quickly it's falling. So in our organization, our lift is our income or funding, the money that is coming in. Gravity is our expenses, the cost of actually operating our organization. And ultimately, altitude is our efficiency or margin, right? If you have more expenses than you have resources coming in, you are headed for the ground. It doesn't matter how large your lift is if gravity is greater. You will crash and burn. So again, even if you're a nonprofit, you have to have a margin or there's no mission, right? You have to be efficient enough, right? Where you have more resources than you have expenses if you want to sustain yourself. As a social enterprise, you are here to do good, but you're also here to do well. So again, you want to have that margin so you can last and also so you can pay yourself and your employees so that you can generate income while still doing great work. All right, so we should have four metrics right now. Your destination, and maybe you have a couple of destinations. Your income, right, or funding. Your expenses and your efficiency. I'll take a moment to also point out here that as you get bigger and your organization gets more complex, cash flow becomes just as important as efficiency because having enough money a month too late won't keep you in the air either. Calculating cash flow is really dependent on your organization's structure, so it's hard for me to tell you exactly how to calculate it here, but you can basically think about it as efficiency on a time scale. And so if you're ready, you think, to tackle cash flow, you can get a lot of the way there just by keeping track of your expenses and income actually on an appropriate time scale, right? I'm going to spend this much money on this day and I will have X number of money coming in on this day and making sure, obviously, that you have enough, ex enough resources to cover those expenses as they happen. There's also an element with cash flow where you have to be able to protect forward, which is why it gets more complex. So for now, we're just going to focus on efficiency. So getting off the ground isn't going to last us very long if we can't stay in the air. So as part of our liftoff, we want to break down the forces that are generating our lift and our gravity into a few further sets of metrics. So it takes two things to create lift for a plane to get up and stay in the air. You have to have fuel for some kind of powered flight, right? And the resulting thrust that comes out of the combustion or use of that fuel to push the plane forward. So fuel are your inputs, right? What are you putting into your organization or what are other people putting into your organization to actually make it work? And then your thrust is the result of using those resources to move you forward. So it's the outputs of your organization. So what does your organization do to actually accomplish its mission or create income or to get to its destination? Now, one of the things that's a little bit confusing about people is they want to know how are my expenses, like my gravity, the things that's pulling me down, different than the fuel that I'm using. And some of your 
fuel or potentially most of your fuel is also the same thing as what generates your expenses. And after all, with flight, this is the same thing. The more fuel you put on a plane, the heavier the plane is, right? And the more gravity is going to pull down on it. But you also need that fuel to generate your power. Let's talk about some examples here. So if you have to, say, with our healthcare example, pay pharmacists or nurse practitioners to administer vaccinations, Right. One of your ex- your inputs um, is going to be, this, the fuel is going to be those pharmacists and their salaries and benefits. Those salaries and benefits of those pharmacists also count towards your expenses in your gravity calculation. But if you have volunteers, right, so maybe you've got volunteers that are, are doing all of the scheduling for those vaccination appointments, those volunteers are part of your fuel, their inputs, but they're not necessarily part of your expenses, And the reason it's important to differentiate from this is because, again, losing some volunteer hours may make it hard for you to do something, but you're not going to go bankrupt. Whereas if you spend more money than you make, you are instantly out of the game. So we want to separate monetary inputs from non-monetary inputs for the sake of our expense calculation, but we still need from the point of view of our fuel, understanding the operation of our organization, we want to understand all the inputs, whether or not they're actually costing us money. Another thing also to consider is if you are a solopreneur, right, whether you run a nonprofit or a social enterprise, like by yourself, a lot of your time doesn't cost anything. But you want to think about how much time you're putting into your business, because if you're putting a thousand hours a week into it, you're not going to be able to sustain that. But you can flex adding hours or taking out hours, right, more than you could say, (laughs) fudge the fact that you're $200 in the red and can't make a payment that month. So that's, again, why we want to separate um, what our dollar-based inputs are from our non-dollar-based inputs. So if you're using your worksheet, go ahead and write down your biggest inputs in the liftoff section and then your outputs. It's like, what does your organization do? If you need some more examples, by the way, there's also going to be some links in the show notes for some fictitious businesses that I've put together, including one healthcare nonprofit, uh, a products-based organization, and a services-based organization. I also filled out the worksheet for my organization. So if you want to download that and see it, you can as well. Um, so if you're curious of seeing some examples of how this actually looks, go to the show notes and go ahead and download those examples as well. All right, now that we have the four most critical metrics and the key components of those metrics defined, I want to stop and talk very briefly about what you're actually going to measure with those metrics. So here's the thing, you need to track two things, where you are right now and how where you are is changing, right? It's helpful to know that your altitude is 500 feet versus 5,000 feet. You need to know that. But if that's all you knew, you still wouldn't be able to fly your plane properly because you also need to know if you're gaining or losing altitude and how quickly you're doing that, right? Because dropping 50 feet per minute at 500 feet is a very different situation than dropping 50 feet from 5,000 or 50,000 feet. So I personally find a line graph is a really great way to display these things because I can visually see the trend, right? Are we going up? Are we going down? How fast we're going up or down? 
as well as where I am relative to where I've been. But you could also use this as a table. I'm open to, to you doing it however is going to work for you. But you need to think about, you know, if you're tracking your income, you need to see not just your income today, but your income a month ago and two months ago and three months ago, and hopefully an easy way of telling you how much it's going up or down on average, and then specifically over that time period. You want to do that same thing when you break out that income by your outputs, your expenses, and the overall efficiency that you're getting. You'll also do this with your success metric, right? If you're calculating the total number of lives that your EMS, your, your emergency services have saved, or your total net income, whatever it might be, you want that success metric also now and over time. All right, so we know the metrics that we're calculating now. We know how we're going to actually look at them. If we've gotten all of that in place, you could stop here, right? If you're feeling like this is more than you can handle, stop there. Put that into place, right? Get those metrics figured out. Put them in a place where you're going to look at them. Figure out how you can sustainably update them on a regular basis, and you could take a break there, right? Everything that's gonna come next is about how you can be more effective and efficient with that information that you get. And I titled this episode and my talk that it's based on called Don't Fly With Blinders On. Because the thing is, you aren't starting from scratch here. You're making decisions using your intuition and experience. It's just the problem is that without data, just like without any instruments on an airplane, the reach of your knowledge is, is a bit limited. So you can fly a plane with no instrument panel and that'll go fine as long as you can always see the ground and you can always see where you're going. But the moment there's clouds, the moment that there's a wind that you're not quite sure how strong it is, those things will then make it harder for you to fly just on the things you have in your head by yourself. So bringing data into your organization is expanding the insight that you already have. This means that you don't have to do it all at once to still benefit from this work. So again, please don't panic. If all you want to do is get through here, that's fine. But if you're game to keep going, we'll move on to step three, right? Aviate. Now we're in the air. We're hopefully in some kind of stable flight, but there's no autopilot. So we're going to have to regularly make some adjustments to make sure that we stay on course and that we can manage things that arise. So we've jotted down in liftoff the major inputs and outputs of our business. We've probably highlighted some of those, the ones that are going to account towards our expenses. And we understand, right, the fuel that it takes, the gravity that that fuel generates, and what we're converting those fuel into. But in order to make data-driven changes to our flight, we actually need to know the process that converts those inputs into outputs. So what method are you using? What happens that takes those resources and creates income and the outputs that you're trying to get to? So I want you in the little space that is available under Aviate to jot down a simple flow for your business or organization. And the point here is not to get everything. You want to focus on the main processes that are at the core of what you do. Since this is a podcast, I can't show you a visual right now, but again, if you download the examples, there's some great examples in the show notes. And if you're on the website, the page itself has some images. So you can take a look at those images as well. 
And you may feel like this flow part is a bit overwhelming. But don't panic, right? The examples I have are not your organization. You know how your organization works. So you can do this. Again, if you're listening along, you can either pause the podcast here to work on this on your worksheet, or you can kind of listen in and come back to this when you have a better sense of what we're looking at. But what I want you to put on this is you're going to start with the engine of your organization, right? So if you're a nonprofit, how do you actually get the work that you, you are doing done? And it might be that you have, you can think about it to start with as well as the journey that people might take through your organization. So maybe someone starts with seeing a social post, right? So they view a social post, then they Google your organization, they land on your website, they see that they can book a wellness visit. So they'll book that wellness visit and then they'll show up and they'll get their vaccination. So that's one flow of your process. Or maybe somebody does a Google search and they find a free wellness seminar and they attend that free wellness seminar. And then that leads them to book a wellness visit with one of your available nurse practitioners. Or perhaps they get handed um, a number from some uh, referral agency and they call one of your consultants and they get a little free consult with a volunteer who helps them figure out the best step for their wellness. And then maybe that leads them to book a vaccination appointment and show up for a vaccination. So you're going to want to kind of plan out this structure of those journeys, the things that actually happen to make your business or organization work. If you are a social enterprise, this might look somewhat similar, right, where maybe you have a social post view or um, they find your web page and then they do a consult call with you or an intro call and then maybe they schedule a coaching session with you if you are a coaching business and then they sign up for your uh, course subscription. As you can see, it's going to be different for every business and I can't tell you what this map's going to look like. But the idea is that first you start with that process flow. How am I creating the work that I do? Then you'll notice that each of those steps that happen, there are inputs that make that step happen. And you've jotted down a lot of those inputs. And here's your chance to see if you got them all down um, or if you missed a few because you're going to assign those inputs to these different steps. So if you, you know, one of your big steps is social media views, that's how you get a lot of people. Well, one of the inputs to that social media view is going to be the hours you spent creating it, your ideas and content that you're going to use to create it, and maybe a social media scheduler if you invest in that. And you'll notice that two of those things that are inputs for your social media views are non-monetary, right? They don't cost you anything. Your time, if it's you doing it, um, and then your ideas and material that you uh, generate for that. One of them does cost it. If you use a social media scheduler, that's a platform that you pay for, and that's going to be one of your expenses. So you would jot down those inputs, point a little arrow towards social media views, and say these inputs, these fuel, drive this part of my engine in my plane. So you'll go through that whole workflow. Again, you don't have to do it now. Please, uh, if you aren't driving, take a look um, at some of those examples on the show notes page so you can really understand what I'm talking about because it's hard to explain all of this just on a podcast. This is the hardest part of this is seeing this workflow. But the point here is you want to know the engine that gets driven here by these inputs. Make sure that ultimately your process ends up at your destination, right? The things that you do and why you do them. 
So again, if you are the healthcare nonprofit, this should end in your vaccination and your well visits if that's really what you exist to do. If you were, say, a social enterprise um, that did, you know, haircuts for at-risk youth, then maybe that haircut or style would be the, the end thing that you're trying to get people to. Um, maybe you were a business who sells pet food, right? Sales of your pet food would be at the end of this process. So on this workflow, right, you're going to have your inputs. And I would recommend separating the inputs into things that cost you money and inputs that don't cost you money. Then you're going to have those operation steps. Those operation steps I like to call your engine because they're things that you can't necessarily directly cause, but you can put fuel into them to try to make them happen better. So you can't force people to Google search your organization. You can't force people to make a booking. You can't force people to come you know, use your services. But you can invest in the social you know, that you use, or you can invest in advertising, or you can invest in an email campaign, or you, right, you can do these different things where you can control how you put inputs into the system, but ultimately the way that that engine operates, you can't combust that fuel yourself, right? You can't make those things happen. So once you actually get this whole flow laid out, and again, it's probably not going to contain everything in your organization. It's going to contain either the things you control or it's going to contain the things that are most important and have the biggest impact. I then want you to stop and look at that workflow and circle on it the most important levers. So what do I mean by levers? Let's think again about the fact that we're flying a plane here. So you're flying along and you start losing altitude. You need to change something, right? And so you want to look at that workflow and say, where could I make the biggest change? And now if you're losing altitude, you can't just say, well, I'm going to circle the gain altitude option, right? So again, if you're losing customers, you can't just circle the like get customers section of your workflow because you can't force those things to happen. Similarly, like with donors, right? Like you can't force more donors, but what you could circle as a big lever are your, say, in-person events. Right? If in-person events are a big way that you get donors and you start losing donors, your in-person events is gonna be one of the major levers that you're gonna pull to try to change what's happening in your organization. So again, you may not necessarily know for sure what those major levers are, but take your best guess now and you can always refine it later. So the trick with levers is making sure it's something that you truly can control and that it has a high likelihood of having a big impact on the operation of your engine, right? how your organization's actually doing. One way that can help you make sure that you're focusing in on the right levers is to look at the impacts that matter the most, right? So if, again, you're that, that healthcare nonprofit and one of the most important things you can get are bookings for your vaccinations, right? If you can get people to make a booking, you usually get them to show up for the appointment. So that booking outcome, you know, is really important. Then you'd want to look at all the inputs and things that flow into that and figure out which ones you have the most control over and focus on those levers. Now, you may be realizing at this point that actually you don't know which levers would have the biggest impact, and that's okay. That's why we're trying to set up data systems that could help you figure out which levers are likely to have the biggest impact and also what happens when you pull one of those levers. And that's going to lead us straight into Navigate. 
Before we dive into Navigate, though, guess what? If you've gotten this far, that right now is all you need to track. You can ignore everything else. And you might be like, hang on, what a minute. What about tracking the market and donor patterns? What about monitoring the weather or monitoring, you know, inflation rates or whatever it is? And here's the thing. If you can get your organization stable, pointed in the right direction, and positioned to detect impacts of things on your organization, respond to those storms and the other challenges, you don't actually have to track everything else that's happening. If we consider our plane example, right, you don't need to track wind speed itself because its effects will show up in your compass heading if you get pushed off course. Similarly, you don't have to track inflation because if it actually has an impact on your donations or your sales, that impact shows up in your expenses or in your income. The last thing I'll add on things you don't have to keep track of is where the other planes are and what they're doing. If your organization is set up right, where you occupy an important niche that you are good at, then just don't bother worrying about what the other planes are doing. The interesting thing is actually with planes, there is no requirement to have anything that tracks where other planes are. The thing is, is if one gets really close to you, you'll probably see it. And there's a few, few rules and regulations in place, like when you come into an airport, to regulate to make sure that people don't crash into each other. But other than that, the sky is a really big place, and there is room for lots of planes. You also can't fly other people's planes. So focus your limited energy on flying your plane the best that you can. All right, so we've got all our data set up. We've hopefully set aside the things that we don't have to worry about measuring. So step four, navigate, is all about actually using your data. We've got our destination. We have a way of knowing how close to that destination we're getting. We're making sure that we've got enough altitude and we aren't pointed towards the ground. We're keeping track of the operation of our engine, our fuel consumption, and our oil pressure, our engine temperature. That's great. But what happens if we do start to wander off course? Or maybe we may need to make a big detour about, around a storm that's brewing. And that's where navigation comes in. Navigation is about intentionally using all those metrics you just constructed to take your best, most informed guess on how to correct your course. And then going back to those metrics to see if your change worked. So there's a basic structure that we follow in terms of identifying the problem and how we're going to fix it. Step one is actually knowing that there is a problem. And that should happen almost automatically if you're reviewing all of the previous data that we've put in place. So if your efficiency starts to go in a direction that you don't want, right, you start heading towards the ground, that will come up in that measure. Or if your engine starts overheating or your fuel consumption shoots through the roof, those things will show up. So that's the first step. What has actually gone wrong? Then you want to stop and think, what info do I need that would help me actually act? Typically, the information that you need to act is going to be how far off course you are, so you know how big of a correction to try, and how fast are you headed off course so that you know how quickly to respond, right? If you notice a drop in clients, right, people aren't using your services, is it just a small dip or is it a massive drop? 
Did that massive drop ha happen over you know three or four months, or did that massive drop happen in a week? And that means that you know how not only how big you need to respond, but how quickly you need to respond. So then next, you want to identify what possible breakdown points could be causing that problem. So in here, you're probably going to use some of your engine metrics that we talked about, right? Some of those process metrics to see why you're not getting clients. Is it that you're getting bookings and they're no showing to your appointments? Or is it that you're not getting any bookings um, even though people are attending your, your wellness web webinars or whatever it is? Or is it that nobody's seeing your messages, right? So you need to kind of figure out what the possible breakdown points could be and then use the data on hand to figure out which breakpoint it is. Then once you hone in on where that breakdown's likely happening, it should become obvious which levers are tied to that and which ones you could try. Now, it may not immediately become obvious if you don't have a good handle on the functioning of your organization, or you may have three or four levers and not enough good data to know which lever is gonna be the right one to pull. And that's okay. Take your best guess based on the information you have. And here's the key part that most people miss, even if they get through all of these steps, is you then want to know, did that lever make a difference? So you need to make a commitment to make that change on the lever that you think it's gonna be, and circle back around after an appropriate amount of time to look at your data and say, did that lever make a difference? Because if it didn't, you can go ahead and actually try a different lever, right? Again, that's why step number one, how fast is this problem happening and how bad is the problem, lets you know how quickly you should try something else and how big of a change you're gonna need in order to feel that that lever pull was satisfactory or whether you need to do something else. In our example of maybe people aren't showing up to their vaccination appointments um, or you know, using your services, let's say you identify that it is in fact that people are making bookings, but they're not showing up to the appointment. Well, if you say have a text reminder, maybe you need to verify if that text reminder is actually making it. Or if a big part of your process um, is having someone call them and make sure that they're onboarded properly. Like maybe you need to review that process. Or maybe you don't have any of those reminders in place and you realize you actually need to add a step. So the lever you're gonna pull is adding you know, a reminder in about the appointment to making sure people show up. So again, I can't tell you exactly the levers that you would pull because it's gonna be specific to the problem. But this framework is going to help you determine how to actually apply the data to correct your navigational problems. If you're driving, you couldn't write things down, you're not using your worksheet, no problem. Again, you can see all of this in the show notes. The last part of navigation is figuring out how often you actually need to be monitoring your data and making changes to the flight of your plane. After all, if you spent your entire flight staring at your dashboard, you actually might crash straight into something because you're not actually paying attention to the real operations rather than just the visualization of those operations in your data. Plus, it also might not be all that much fun. So you want to make sure that you're actually participating in the flights as well as looking at the dashboard. So how often should you be looking at your metrics? Here's the thing. You don't need to look at it more often than they're actually going to change. And you also don't need to look at it any more often than you would actually make a change. So even if your income numbers update every day, if you're not gonna open a new fundraising drive or address your fundraising protocol or change the prices on your products 
every day, which you wouldn't, then you don't need to look at it every day. If you, say, make quarterly assessments to those things, then look at it quarterly. If you're running a podcast, right, and your podcast comes out weekly, don't look at your data more often than weekly, right? Because it's not going to change what you do. You're not going to release a new episode more than once a week. So make sure that you have some kind of rhythm for each of the metrics based on how often you can make changes and how often the data itself changes. So pick the longer of those two things, and that's how frequently you'll check your different metrics. Now, you may have one frequency for certain metrics and a different frequency for other metrics, and that's okay. And I'd like to actually challenge you, in addition to if you're following along in your workbook, writing down the frequency you want to check these things, also challenge you, put it in your calendar, right? Set aside time on that schedule to actually do your data reviews. Yay, we made it to step five, evolve. Evolve is all about your staying power. Your data should never be set in stone because your organization is not set in stone. Your situation is not set in stone. Your destination may change. You may build a new airplane, modify the engine. You may hire a bigger crew or take on more passengers. Maybe you even decide to run a fleet of planes. But the point is things change and so should your data. If set up right, your data shouldn't need too much regular work, but you do need to make sure that you are aware of how changes in other parts of your organization may require you to revisit your data setup and revise it. So at the very least, you need to make sure that in your annual strategic planning, you are reviewing your current data processes and you are updating them to align with your next year's goals and changes. Right? What new marketing or clients or process or whatever kind of data might you need? Will you need data more or less frequency? Will you have new systems for collecting, processing, or viewing data? Will you have new challenges that you can see coming down the pipeline? So making sure you evolve means making sure you have explicit, dedicated time to reviewing your processes and ways to update those processes when it's needed to keep your data relevant and keyed in to what you need. So there we are. We got through our five steps, right? P for plan, where you're going to set a destination that is measurable. Why do you exist? What do you need to have happen for you to continue to exist? These are your destination points. L, lift off. Right? What's it going to take for you to get your organization into the air and keep it off the ground? So regardless of whether you are for-profit or non-profit, I'm sorry, you have to have a margin. You have to be efficient enough that you maintain altitude. So that means that you need to know what your income is, right? your funding is, and you need to know what your expenses are, what's going out the door. Then as part of liftoff, you also want to identify your inputs, right, the fuel, and that includes everything that makes up your expenses, and it's going to include all non-monetary inputs, whether that's volunteers, whether that's your time because you're not necessarily getting paid if you own the organization, whether that's, you know, expertise or skills. There's going to be inputs that are non-monetary, those you need to know, and you need to know your outputs. What is it that your organization actually does or generate or make? What services do you provide? Those are the core. Then, right, for Aviate, we need to assemble all of that into the operations that actually take your fuel, your input, and how they use that to actually generate your thrust, right, your end goal, your outputs, the things that you want to have happen. 
So you need to map that process, identifying three things, right? Identifying where those inputs come in, what those inputs are actually doing, right? What converts those inputs? So if the input is my hours into cold calls to donors, right? The cold calls is that process um, that's actually going to happen to convert people into donors. Or um, if you have a web management software, right? That's an input that creates web page views. For the most part, the, the functions, the things that actually happen to convert that you're going to want to express in your chart as the result that you want from that. So it's not a web page, it's web page views, right? Because that's the engine metric we care about. We care about how many people saw our website. And in order for us to get website views, we need website management. Or, you know, we want people to actually make bookings for their vaccination appointments. So bookings becomes one of your central operations. And the input to make those bookings happen is maybe a cell phone plan. It might be a volunteer um, or, you know, a paid staff. And then there might also be scheduling software. So again, this is hard to perfectly capture in a podcast. So please do view the show notes so you could see some examples of these plans because this is probably the most complicated part. And it's one that I can't tell you like I can with income or, or incoming resources what's going to be on it because it's specific to your organization. So that's Aviate. Get that plan in place because then you're going to use it to identify the levers that you're going to pull and navigate. So we get to navigate and this is where you're going to use all of that data that you set up in the P, L, and A steps, right? Plan, lift off, aviate. You're going to use all of that data to then make course corrections when you recognize from that data that something has gone off. So first is make sure you have benchmarks around your data. You know when your engine's too hot or too cold or your oil pressure's too high or too low. Then when you see that that's the case, you're going to use one of those identified levers and then you're going to track in your data whether that lever, the change that you made, actually resulted in the correction, right? Your engine temperature getting back to normal, your oil pressure getting back to normal, your compass heading getting back on track. So hopefully, right, my goofy little acronym actually makes sense and you understand why um, we've sort of built up this idea of um, plane and, and the structure for all of the data that you need and what data you can get rid of or data you don't have to try to actually collect. If you're currently flying without instruments, as I've said many times today, don't panic right? You showed up here and that is a huge first step. If you didn't fill out the worksheet while you listened to this, I recommend going ahead and downloading that worksheet, come back and fill it out. If you filled out your worksheet, great, you're, you've taken another step. So now you filled this worksheet out, figure out how you can actually apply it to your team or to your whole organization. If you're kind of overwhelmed, maybe you filled out half your worksheet or you've listened to half of this and then got lost in the rest, it's okay. Again, go back and start with the first two steps. The rule number one of flying is no matter what's going on, get into a stable glide, stay airborne. Right? So work on those steps to get airborne, get the data on how you're going to stay airborne. And once you've got your destination income and expenses tracked, then you can work on mapping your processes and determining your aviation metrics and applying those navigation principles. If you're lucky enough and you actually are already collecting data, you can use the worksheet to see if you're missing anything 
or consider like, do you have a structured strategy for actually applying that data in an appropriate way? Do you have a mechanism where you're actually navigating by that data? Are you collecting it and it's just sitting somewhere? And if you're one of the very lucky few who both are getting and using good data, I would challenge you, how are you set up to maintain that sustainably in the future? Do you have an annual data strategy, right? How can you elevate the way that you are using your data to actually get more specific and target potential donors or customers more effectively? Or are you expanding your data into new frontiers, right? Program evaluation is often a place that either you're forced into or you try to stay away from unless it's required by grants. Or if you're a social enterprise, you know, are you really evaluating that the things that you're committed to doing are making a difference in the change that you are existing to address? So how can you use your data to more and more and more effectively make the changes that you want to see in the world and create a sustainable organization? So I guess the last thing that I would ask is if you're doing your worksheet or if you're just listening and you want to think about this, what is the next action you are committing to take to move to that next level, right? Regardless of where you are in those different scenarios we just reviewed, what are you going to do right now to take that next step? I heard in one of our previous podcasts, right? Start small, but get started. Go ahead and actually try to move forward, do something. And if you've got big lofty goals that maybe aren't realistic for you to do right now, there's a section on the worksheet where you can write down a stretch goal, write something you'd like to get done. And then in the actual action section, put what you know you can do right now. You're not saying no to those stretch goals. You're just saying not yet. How can you get started? So I hope that this framework helps that you can start to see how you're gonna structure the information that you need at a basic level to make your organization more effective. Again, I can't stress enough, go ahead and check out the show notes, download the examples of um, some fictitious businesses as well as my business if you want. I've got a healthcare nonprofit and um, a product organization and a service organization, so you can see lots of different examples. Um, you can download the worksheet from the show notes. And feel free to also reach out to me if you have any questions. I'm on LinkedIn at Alexandra Mannering. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only one with that name there. Uh, you can also find us if you go to heartsolddata.com backslash contact hyphen us. You can drop me notes in there as well. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you stuck through it and enjoyed uh, my funky little acronym for data structure and that this helps you think about where you actually want to get started. If you happen to want to work with me um, through any of this, I also do consulting work as part of my company. Um, I also do data education and clinics. So if I can help your organization figure out how to up their game, whether it's in training, strategic planning, or if you just need some help getting data into the shape that you need it, I also do that. So feel free to check out my company, Maracanos, um, at maracanos.com. So thank you again so much for listening. I would love to hear your feedback on this structure and framework and if it helped you or if you found it insanely confusing, let me know that too. I hope you have a wonderful day and take care. You have been listening to Heart, Soul, and Data. This podcast is brought to you by Maracanus, an analytics education, consulting, and data services company devoted to helping nonprofits and social enterprises amplify their impacts and 
thrive through data. You can learn more at Maracanos.com. M-E-R-A-K-I-N-O-S.com.